0: chapter nine of dorothy dale in the city by margaret penrose this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by lynn thompson chapter nine just dales it was three days after christmas and what was left of the white crystals was fast becoming brown mud and the puddles and rivulets of melted snow very tempting to the small boy "'made walking almost impossible for the small boy's elders. "'The air was soft and as balmy as the first days of spring. "'One almost expected to hear the twittering of a bluebird "'and the chirp of the robins, "'but nevertheless a great fire burned brightly in Dorothy's room, "'with the windows thrown open, "'admitting the crisp air and sunlight. "'Shall I take my messaline dress, Tavia?' "'Dorothy asked, holding the garment in mid-air. "'If we go to the opera, you'll want it.' i packed my only evening gown that ancient affair in pink said tavia laughing a bit wistfully you're simply stunning in that dress tavia said dorothy isn't she nat she appealed to her cousin that flowery pinkish one with the sash asked the boy yes said tavia "'the one that I've been wearing so long "'that if I put it out on the front steps some evening "'it would walk off alone to any party or dance in Dalton.' "'You know,' said Nat, looking at Tavia with pride, "'when you have that dress on, you look like, a, a, "'Oh, well, like pictures I've seen of red-haired girls.' "'The colour mounted Nat's brow, and he looked confused. "'Dorothy smiled as she turned her back "'and folded the mesaline dress, "'placing it carefully in her trunk.' nat was so clumsy at compliments but tavia did not seem to notice the clumsiness a lovely light leaped to her clear brown eyes and the wistfulness of a moment before vanished as she laughed i was warned by everyone in school not to buy pink declared tavia so of course said dorothy laughing you straightway decided on a pink dress but seriously tavia pink is your colour The old idea of auburn locks and greens and browns is completely smashed to nothingness when you wear pink. Oh, dear, continued Dorothy, perplexed. Where shall I pack this wrap? Not another thing will go into my trunk. Are you taking two evening wraps? asked Tavia. Surely, one for you and the other for me. You see, this is pink, too. Dorothy held up a soft silk-lined cape with a collar of fur. Quick tears sprang to Tavia's eyes, and impulsively she threw her arms about Dorothy. "'Don't strangle Dorothy,' objected Nat. "'You always make me so happy, Doro,' said Tavia, releasing her chum, who looked happier than even Tavia. Her fair face flushed. The hugging Tavia had given had loosened Dorothy's stray wisps of golden hair that fell about her eyes and ears in a most bewitching way. "'Girls,' called Aunt Winnie from below stairs, aren't you nearly finished all finished but nat's part answered dorothy then to nat she said now cousin sit hard on this trunk and perhaps we'll be able to close it nat solemnly perched on the lid of the trunk but it would not close something will have to come out he declared there is nothing absolutely nothing in my trunk that i can leave behind said dorothy my trunk closed very easily said tavia "'I'll get it up from the station, and we'll pack the surplus gowns in it,' she turned triumphantly to Dorothy. "'Too bad I sent it on so early. But we can get it.' "'The very thing,' Dorothy laughed. "'Run, Nat, and fetch Tavia's trunk from the station.' "'Dorothy!' called Aunt Winnie again. "'We only have a few hours before train time. "'Your trunk should be ready for the expressman now, dear.' "'Hurry, Nat,' begged Dorothy. "'You must get Tavia's trunk here in two minutes.' "'Coming!' she called down to Aunt Winnie, as she and Tavia rushed down the stairs. "'The trunk won't close because the gowns won't fit,' dramatically cried Tavia. "'So the boys have gone for Tavia's, and we'll pack things in it,' hurriedly explained Dorothy. "'What is all this about gowns?' asked Major Dale, drawing Dorothy to the arm of the great chair in which he was sitting. "'I'm packing, Father. We're going to leave you for a while,' said Dorothy, nestling close to his broad shoulders. "'But not for very long,' Aunt Winnie said. "'You and the boys must arrange so that you can follow in at least one week.' "'Well, it all depends on my rheumatism,' answered the Major. "'You won't want an old limpy soldier trying to keep pace with you in New York City. "'Mrs. Martin, the tried and true, will take fine care of us while you are gone.' "'No, that won't do,' declared Dorothy. "'We know how well cared for you will be under Mrs. Martin's wing, but we want you with us.' in fact she glanced hastily at aunt winnie we may even need you perhaps the best way said aunt winnie thoughtfully would be to send you a telegram when we come and by that time you will no doubt be all over the attack of rheumatism ned and nat are as anxious as you girlies to get there replied major dale so i'll make a good fight to arrive in new york city who is going to tell me stories at bedtime when dorothy's gone asked little roger I don't want Doro to go away, because she is the best sister that any fellow ever had. Roger was leaning against the Major's knee, and Dorothy drew him close to her. Sister will have to send you a story and a letter every day. How will that do? she asked, as she pressed her cheek against his soft hair. Oh, no, pouted Roger. Tell them all to me now, before you go away. I'll tell you one, and then Father will tell you one, Father will tell you one about the soldier boys, murmured Dorothy in Roger's ear. Oh, goody! Roger clapped his hands. And Aunt Winnie and Tavia and Ned and Nat and everybody can tell me one story tonight, and that will fill up for the nights when you are away. Dorothy! screamed Tavia, bursting into the room in wild excitement. The boys have gone without my trunk check. They can't get it. And the gowns will have to be left behind. Never! "'laughed Tavia. "'I'll run all the way to the station and catch them. "'They've taken the firebird. "'Maybe you'll meet them coming back.' "'Tavia dashed, hatless from the house. "'They watched her as she fairly flew along the road. "'In a short walking skirt, "'heavy sweater pulled high around her throat "'and her red hair gleaming in the sun. "'Major Dale had always greatly admired Tavia. "'He liked her fearless honesty "'and the sincerity of her affections.' Aunt Winnie, too, loved her almost as much as she loved Dorothy. I've wondered so much, said Dorothy, what trouble Miss Mingle is in. She left school so suddenly that last day, and Cologne was so provoking in her letter. An illness, probably, said Aunt Winnie kindly. It can't be anything so commonplace as illness, said Dorothy. Cologne would have gone into details about illness. The telegram and her departure were almost tragic in their suddenness. I feel so selfish when I think of our treatment of that meek little woman. No one ever was interested in her, that I remember. Her great fault was a too-meek spirit. She literally erased herself and her name from the minds of everyone. Major Dale and Aunt Winnie listened without much enthusiasm. Aunt Winnie was worried about Dorothy, who showed so little inclination to enter the world of society in North Birchland. She had looked forward with much pleasure to presenting her niece to her social world, but Dorothy had little love for the society life of North Birchland. She loved her cousins and her small brothers and seemed perfectly happy and contented in their home life and attending to the small charities connected with the town. She seemed to prefer a hospital to a house party, a romp with the boys to a fashionable dance, and she bubbled with glee in the company of Tavia ignoring the girls of the first families in the neighbourhood your trip to new york daughter began major dale slyly smiling at aunt winnie will be your debut so to speak in the world dorothy answered nothing but continued to smooth away the hair from roger's brow what are you thinking of her father asked musingly not having received an answer to his first remark oh nothing in particular sighed dorothy except that I don't see why I should make a debut anywhere. I don't want to meet the world, that is, socially. I want to know people for themselves, not for what they're worth financially, or because of the entertaining they do. I just like to know people, and poorer people best of all. They are interesting and real. As are persons of wealth and social position, answered Aunt Winnie gently. I'm going to be a soldier like Father, said Joe. And Dorothy can nurse me when I fall in battle. Me too, chirped little Roger. I want to be a soldier and limp like father. Oh, boys, cried Dorothy in horror. You'll never, never be trained for war. What's that? asked Major Dale. Don't you want the boys to receive honor and glory in the army? No, said Dorothy decidedly. I'll never permit it. Of course, she hastened to add. If Joe must wear a uniform, he might go to a military school, if that will please him. The major scoffed at the idea. Joe straightened his shoulders and marched about the room, little Roger following in his wake, while the major whistled Yankee Doodle. The sound of the firebird was heard coming up the driveway, and in another second Nat, Ned, and Ted rushed into the room. We can't have the trunk without the check, explained Nat breathlessly. Where is it? "'Tavia discovered the cheque after you left, "'and she followed you down to the station,' "'explained Aunt Winnie. "'We took a short cut back and missed her, of course,' "'said Nat dejectedly. "'We won't have any time to spare,' "'declared Aunt Winnie, walking to the window. "'The train leaves at seven-thirty, "'and it is after six now.' "'Dorothy followed her to the window. "'They both stood still in astonishment. "'Boys!' cried Dorothy. "'Come quick!' The boys scrambled to the window. There was Tavia coming up the drive serenely seated on top of her trunk in the back part of a small buggy, enjoying immensely the wind that brushed her hair wildly about her face, while the driver, the stoutest man in North Birchland, occupied the entire front seat. I found it, she cried lightly, jumping to the ground. And this was the only available rig. Never mind, said Dorothy. Nothing counts but a place to pack the gowns. And catch the train for New York City, cried Tavia from the top landing of the first flight of stairs. Everybody hurry. We have just time enough to catch the train. End of chapter 9